after that, it becomes a mystery because nobody knows exactly what happened to Sister Catherine. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Welcome, everybody. One more week to the Family School of Thought. Um, it's a nice, hot, hot day here. I just got out of the pool, and um, I did put some clothes on before I got on the camera, so you guys can thank me later. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> How is weather in Portland? Um, uh, it's I don't know if you can hear my fan, but it is. It's been warm. It's definitely not as warm as it has been. It's been around like seventies, eighties lately. Sunny. Okay. All right, Jesse. How's the weather where you're at? It is um very very cold. Is it? Yep, I had a breakout in the winter jacket today. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like the pictures are just beautiful, hot, nice, swimming pool water. Well, you see, I'm in the and wow. can you guys guess where I'm at? Yeah, you're in uh, Pictured Rock. Yep. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very, very tip of nice. the, the UP. It's like we, uh, yes. I'm going to say, like we all grew up in Michigan <laughs> and you yes. know yeah. <laughs> where things are. Yeah. Point on the map. Where I was going to say, y'all been here. Yeah, hand. Yep. All right. Where is it on the map? I'm all like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> all the map. Jesse, why don't you get us started with some uh, okay. facts of the week? Yeah, mental plus amazing facts. So, I have a couple. Both of them are doggy related. Um, doggish, I guess I should say. So, first one if you have a daily routine, some scientists believe that dogs can tell when you're coming home by how much your scent has left the house. So, by that time of day, it to me that makes sense because you know, like at the end of the day, when you're coming home. Your dog's usually sitting there waiting for you to get into the house. You know you're about to arrive. You know it's time to get home. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. they're saying the scent kind of it just all yeah long it fades throughout the day. So they they know yeah so they know based on how much of your scent is left off is left in the house. So um my oh, I thought it took me how to build time. What? <laughs> I didn't. I said I thought our dog just knew how to build time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. My, my second fact is, in 2011, a 13-year-old Norwegian boy encountered a pack of wolves while he was walking home alone from school. He fended off the, the pack of wolves by removing his headphones and blasting the song Overcome by Creed at full volume. I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow. I'm not a super big, um, yeah, I'm not a big super fan of Creed. Apparently, wolves aren't either. So, you know, <laughs> but... There you go. If you ever come, I'm sure this kid is a super fan of. I'm sure he's a super fan of Creed because it saved his life. But uh, you know, mm -hmm. and isn't Creed supposed to be like a Christian band, anyways? You know, so right. there you go. God was there with him. What not to be dramatic? Okay. 
cast. <laughs> you guys on for us. This is gonna be a great show. I can say. <laughs> um. So I do have a song for us today. Uh, and again, it was one where I was reading a book, and I always listen to music while I read. Uh, and it came on, and this one I did know, um, but uh, it's still like I forgot how weird and goofy this song is. So here we go. Seems like nothing ever comes oh, to no good up on Choctaw Ridge. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, love I haven't heard that song in so long. I know. Right? Okay, I got a assignment for all three of you. Before we get started, Cass, Lucinda Williams, you know who she is? YouTuber, she has the best version of that song you ever heard. Lucinda Williams. Okay, I'm sorry, Cass. Go ahead. Well, this is, this is not Cinda Williams. Uh, this is Bobby Gentry. Uh, and the song is Ode to Billy Joe. Um, and it it is, um, I couldn't play a lot of songs. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to kind of get the whole song, but I, we really have a very short time. I'm allowed to not copyright. Um, but it's a song about this, basically this, it's a first person narrative of this family having dinner and basically talking about how a young man in the town committed suicide. And it's very cavalier, very nonchalant. You know, mm -hmm. most of the song is, oh, can you pass this? Um, hey, will you grab that for me? Um, it's too bad about Billy Joe, though. Um, we were just hanging out with him last week kind of thing. And so it's very, you know, it's, they're just not really, the family is just not really getting the tragedy sense of what's going on. Um, and that is what uh, Bobby Gentry said the song is basically about, is about family, especially here in America, just not really being able to empathize with other people's tragedies. Um, and it, um, she says it's a lot about like not being able to empathize, empath uh, empathize but also it's so, like not uh, based on the Emmett Till case, but it's she was very inspired by the Emmett Till case of how many people and many families and many white families here in America just couldn't really understand what was so tragic about the death of Emmett Till. Um, and if, for those who don't know, uh, Emmett Till was a young boy in 1955, a young black boy who was accused of flirting with a white woman. And so members of the town went to his house and lynched him and left him for dead. Um, and it was a huge, huge tragedy, but so many people just couldn't really get behind it. And it's horrible, you know, that a lot of people, that is yeah, and a lot of people. Okay. I gotta... oh, okay. But uh, the, the, she really wanted to empathize and that you we know, as human beings aren't really able to see past our own tragedies. And so that's what this song is about. Now you may go, Dad. I got a couple okay. things. Of course, I had something to say about it. Excellent song. Um, but um, mm -hmm. Emmett Till, Rosa Park, when she sat on the bus, you know, this, mm -hmm. she was mad about Emmett Till. That's what made her yes. do yes. that. <laughs> I know. See, and that's, I think that's, that's something to that. Did like, you guys know that? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until later in life, though. And I, what I was going to say is, I think that's something too that, like, I'll, like especially like my generation or you know, like other generations, are starting to learn that what we learned in school as history, we didn't learn the real facts. We learned. You only learned some facts. Have the or, I mean, obviously the Emmett exactly. was a big deal at the time. Yeah. And right. what was really big about it was mother. They lived in Chicago mm -hmm. and he went and visited in family. Louisiana. So yes. That's where he yes. got killed. Mm -hmm. And they beat him up so bad he wasn't even recognizable. Mm -hmm. And the mother insisted on having an open casket because she wanted the world to see what they did to him. What that they did. Yeah. Well, they yes. had it in the paper and everything, you know, and, the, mm -hmm. and that's what's. That was what really sparked the, um, you know, the civil rights movement, the, the revolution there, and that's what made Rose Hart say she was just like it was right after that when she said, "I'm not going to sit in the back of the bus." Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, and okay, and then back to the song. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a movie back in the day, and she and the. Later, you know, and Billy Joe were having an affair. Yes, that's in the song. But it was like, it's it's they were like, you weren't supposed to do that. I guess at the time. So yes, they were he very killed young. himself. He killed himself rather than going forward and not be with her. Yeah, he killed her. He killed himself over her, and then her family never knew that. Mm -hmm. They just thought it was some kid in the holler somewhere in it killed himself mm -hmm. you know he never had a lick of sense anyhow mm -hmm. it's in the song yeah. but that's yeah okay. that's the end of the song <laughs> yeah i can't okay. play the whole song i wish i could but i can't i know right. that's why your dad said that didn't you see the uh, smart it's a good song it is it is it's yes. a good song it's one of my favorite but listen, go YouTube, listen to Williams. Okay. Anything else, you guys, before we get started? Nope. Dee, I know you got a hot topic for us this week. No, but hey, Probably it is what it is. Murder. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you were, you were reading my program. I didn't look. So, um, my, my thing on this week is on Sister... Catherine uh, Sesnick, and um, she was murdered. Um, and to this day, it's still an unsolved mystery of who killed her, but everybody seems to know who did. But um, she was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1942, and she had a natural gift for teaching and she was brought to God, and, you know, everybody, she had a calling for her to become a nun. So she became a nun, and um, she went to, uh, went to Baltimore at age 18 to join the School of Sistery of Notre Dame, um, eventually going to teach at the Archbishop. Bishop, um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this, is it um, Kauf, Kiof, Kiof High School. Okay. But um, she wasn't happy there, and this was 
part of the, as I go through the story, you'll, um, I think that that's why she decided to leave that school because she seen things going on that um, she was not happy with. But um, she left there and in 1969 at age 26, moved out and um, took a job in Western, at Western High School. And then on the evening of November 7th, 1969, Catherine left her apartment heading after she got her job um, at Western. She left her job, uh, left her apartment, heading to the Edmondson Village Shopping Center around 7.30 p.m. to buy an engagement gift for her sister and then just run a few errands like she always did on a Friday night. Um, she first stopped to cash her check, which was, you know, $255 back then. And um, that seemed to be the routine thing for her and her roommate and some of the other nuns that she hung with. But her roommate stayed home and she went out and did all these things. And that night she stopped at the bakery company and bought some Danish and um and then went on to pick up a gift for her sister's engagement and then um after that it becomes a mystery because nobody knows exactly what happened to sister catherine the next morning her roommate became alarmed because she never showed back up at home and so she called a few friends which was um Reverend McCon and then uh, another Reverend Gerald J. Cobb, Coob Cobb, um, and they called, uh, they discussed it and um, decided that they were going to call the police and report that she was missing. Um, the news of her disappearance shook a lot of people because she was uh, very well liked and by everybody and thought of as the finest teacher um, that there was. There was lots of girls that, you know, looked up to Catherine. And um, she was also known for her compassion by all of her students, which benefited from her. And um, they were always engaging. She was always engaging with her students, um, writing musicals for them to um, perform on stage um or inventing games just to encourage them to teach each other new vocabularies and other things that they needed to go on and um the first uh clue of her disappearance was found pretty early which was her car ended up being because it was parked illegally right in front of her apartment or, you know, right by her apartment. And um, the car was found unlocked around 4.40 a.m. the next day after her appearance. And her 1970 Maverick was parked, like I said, illegally. And the neighbors said that they had noticed that car parked there since 10.30 that evening of her disappearance when she went out shopping 
and um, did all mm. of her stuff. And the bakery that she had purchased um, was still sitting in the front seat along with some um, leaves and twigs and a few branches. There were, her car was, I guess, quite a mess. And then um, on her antenna of the car were more twigs and the car was on the left signal of the steering wheel, um, pieces of yellow thread was caught on a twig and um, it was in the car and the cake the, and the car was caked with mud. So whether she drove it, which probably not, um, there was no signs of any kind of struggle. So it made no sense that um, she would probably cover um, it made no sense for any of this because she went, she had no struggles or whatsoever. So they think that um, she was uh, coerced by somebody that she knew out of the car or, and then they took her to the area that, um, and if you go on the Wikipedia, it has pictures of where where her body was found and um it kind of shows where all the twigs and you know you can see where all that stuff makes sense after she was um her car was found but um her body was never found um at that time and then um two months later on january 3rd in 1970 um, her body was found by a hunter and her son, and his son, in a garbage dump in Lansom Midland, just outside of Baltimore. And um, it was covered in snow and partially hidden by a nearby embankment. And the exact area couldn't be reached by a car, meaning that she would have had to been forced to walk there. or possibly carry. Um, and then uh, when they resumed by, uh, they found that uh, there were choke marks on her neck and there was a quarter size hole in the back of her head and, and on her skull, which pointed to her actual cause of death was a blood force and trauma leading to the soul fracture and, her, and a brain hemorrhage. So um, the weapon, of course, it's still a mystery as of um, today's still no evidence of who killed her or why she was killed. Um, I mean, it got information why she was killed or I'm getting to that. Um, the initial person of interest, um, the police kind of went after this Gerald Cobb um, and he had been dating Catherine at the time of her disappearance and he had um before she had taken an oath to become a nun he had asked her to marry him but she had said no and um but they but were they still dating but they were that's what i was gonna say yeah. they were still dating when she was a nun no she wasn't before so were they still dating she when she died when she was a nun She was, she died when she was a nun, but 
apparently they were dating and seeing each other. But I, she had told him no, she couldn't marry him because she was she had become a nun. She wanted to become a nun. Right. Right. And, and um, she was teaching at that other school, at the Western, you know, she was teaching at the school. And um, he was a priest at one of the schools. And he had told her that he would um, give up his priesthood if she would marry him. And she said no. And um, they continued to be friends and spend time with each other. Spent, spent time with each other. And they wrote love letters back and forth um, before she disappeared. But um, he called and said that he secret still was romance going on. He's a priest. That's, a, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And they would have secret romance. You know, it didn't say that. It, it just yeah. says that they had a relationship. And um, he called her the night before she disappeared. He called her and he, called, he was still in love with her and that he would leave his um, position as a priest if she would only marry him and agree. And she would agree. But um, she said, no, she couldn't do it. And... Um, so that was why he was one of the main the suspect. suspects of the crime. <clears throat> suspect. Right. But um he had an alibi. He 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 was with a bunch of other the a bunch of other priests. And uh, oh and um later after he was a priest, he had um later became a um Methodist minister. So he left the priesthood and became a minister. Um, but uh, the night that Catherine's, of Catherine's disappearance, he was at the movies with um, other a, another priest. So he had an alibi. So the, the police still didn't believe his story, but um, the church forced him to stop searching. And the detect his name was Detective um, Nick Gongress. I, I can't. It's G I A N G R A S S O Grasso. Um, still thought that it was somebody tied to the church that did this. So he kept on going and um, he began to look into Father, uh, Father Joseph because all the interviews that he had done. Um, uh, going to pe different people and talking to other people um, for interviews, his name continuously came up. And so um, the detective came up with um, that he worked with Catherine, found out that, that Joseph um, McCall worked with Catherine um, at the first school, which was the, uh, it was a Catholic school, or the Church of Call. Uh, it was, the, what did I say? The priest it was named a different name, and then they Bishop, and, uh, later um, on, I think they changed. The, right, 
yeah, that's that's what it was. Then it became um, later. It became known as the Sexton Cone High School. So it, they they left out the Archbishop afterwards. But um, Catherine uh, that he had worked with Catherine and um, at the first school, which was is now known as the Sexton um, Con High School. But um, in the investigation, didn't get to go very far because um, Father Mascal was always too busy to talk. And like all Catholic priests, and, and anytime you're interviewing um, a priest, the higher bishop and higher up people um, really put a kibosh to it. They said that they... They didn't want, um, it seemed outwardly that uh, the letters were uh, wrong to, with him and that uh, he was trusted, or he was, uh, he was of if interest, but people became outwardly upset because they thought that he was being wronged. Macau was because he was uh, trusted by all the people and in his late 20s he was uh, described as a pretty charismatic 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 what am I trying yes charismatic person and um, charismatic and then uh, he was very well liked by all the people that um, in the church and he became friends with um, all the families of the students. And so in, you know, you weren't allowed to talk about sex. You weren't allowed to do any of this stuff. So he had the parents right where he wanted them. And he um, worked as a counselor with um, a psychology degree from John Hopkins and many of the parents in the area would attend regular mass. And like I said, they became um, very friendly with him and he became friends with all of these parents and had their children baptized by him. And then they, um, and when those kids got older, he would give them rides home and to their appointments um, wherever he they needed to go. Um, and he was a very charming and um, he put on a big fascade and shattered. In 1992, um, it was shattered because these molesting women, all those kids? He was molesting all of these children that these parents had trusted him with he was picking them up at their home and um, he befriended everybody. I mean, he just became. I bet the Catholic Church was all over that. Um, well, they they hid a lot of this. But they didn't let they... it happen again. <laughs> and, no, never. And, Very common yeah, story. They... Very common story. And it continues to happen over and over, which is, this is really a very upsetting story because. You see all of this, and you know it happened right here in the community. Um, but it's in 1992, two of the women 
story, and usually the whole the community is backing the person the whole yes. time. Yes, yeah. Refusing to yeah. accept it. This yeah. Time. yeah. Right. But, and, and the sad thing is, is none of these children and none of these students that he was doing this to came forward. And in 1992, a lot of people that are assaulted don't come forward for fear of not being believed, right. which we see happening right. today, or a fear yes, of, it, hey, don't right. tell. And this is a prominent person in their church and in their community that, oh, I'm going to tell my parents, hey, this person is assaulting, sexually assaulting me. And the parents are going to say, oh, it's it's uh reverend Jill. what's his name like, right yeah right, right. Yeah, and and uh, yeah. it usually they think they're the only one that is being abused and it's really you know multiple. yeah right and yeah. i i'm getting to all of this because it's really it's so overwhelming but um the two women were anonymous at the time that came forward but later they came forward and um, the reason that they, they ended up coming forward because they had blocked it out for two decades out of their minds that this did not happen mm -hmm. to them because they just couldn't believe it. Well, then um, all of these allegations, um, Gene Warner and Teresa Lancaster uh, came out with their allegations and said that uh, of the abuse from Father Mescal assaulting them, and um, and um, they uh, they were students of Pastor or Father Mescal's um, back at the Archbishop when it was the Archbishop, you know, known as that school. Um, but then later was changed. And I think that probably was changed because of the fact that maybe all this stuff went on. I don't know. It doesn't say why the ch why it was later known as the Saxton. Um, but uh, it didn't take long for him to lose his position as a pastor because all the allegations, everybody started coming forward and accusing the pastor. But um, he spent time in the psychiatric hospital, but was found perfectly fine and was reassigned to another church, just like it has always been for decades. These, past, these right. priests get caught up and they get caught and then they send them away and then they get reassigned to new churches. And it continues in, well, in other was... churches without anybody knowing and so and there's this, more this was, abuse. Yeah. This was back, you know, back in the seventies, eighties when the you know, the person that was assaulted was the the person that was blamed for it. Because what were you wearing? Right, what were you right. doing? But um but then in nineteen four were a dozen women came forward with allegations of abuse and some that were able to fend off Father McKell um told stories of them him trying to abuse them um these stories of the women that were told were so awful that um it's unbelievable that he got away with what he did but he always targeted students that were struggling academically or struggling in home situations 
um, calling right. it, calling That's, them into his, right. And he called them into therapy where he uses charm and manipulation, manipulation, um, it for them to in, into believing that he knew what was best for them. And then he involved them in stripping them and taking off their clothes and touching in them in ungodly manners and then forcing them to pose nude um, photos while he was, um, why he and the school director watched with um, well-interest pleasure. Oh, so there's another person involved. So there was there was multiple people involved, including <clears throat> higher up mm -hmm. police officers. And they he posed mm -hmm. the girls and let the police officers molest these little girls too. And that's pretty sad. Wow. Bad. But um, that Teresa Warner uh, also said that he would take them into a gynecologist and his name was Dr. Christian Riker, Richard, um, for checkups. And occasionally he would assault them on the table where they were being examined. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you and saying that of the course, parents allowed girls parents allowed him to take them to the oh, oh, oh. They, they the parents didn't know because the mere fact that he had told the kids that he would tell them that having they were so he threatened these girls, but the parents didn't know. They thought that he was just taking them to their therapy or where they needed to go. Um, the past, the foster father Mikhail, Moscow would pick them up, talk to the parents, and then take them and abuse them. And the parents had no idea what was going on. And none of these four kids come forward. But then the doctor would later deny being a part of any of this abuse. So I don't know if after the doctor examined them, um, that, and he left the room and said, you can get dressed, that the uh, the pastor would abuse them right there in the office. I mean, it's just pathetic. Um, and it was uh, apparently a fixation in the, Of course, everybody said that it was an evicted. Um, and who would believe that he would perform anything like that in his own mock exam of the girls flaunting his authority and power? And then he also told these girls that if they went forward. Oh, and then another part of it was some of these girls that had come forward. This is all these girls coming forward in 1994 saying that this is what happened. These were such awful things that. These girls are describing that this pastor did, this father did to them. And that um, he would flaunt his authority and power. And he would sometimes, the girls said that they felt like they were drugged during all of these events. So he had drugged them and then performed all of these things with these girls. And then he would share them with his friends, which were... Um, reportedly 
um, uniformed police officers. Isn't that sad that you're taught that you're supposed mm -hmm. to go to the police for Did any anything? Yeah. And um, Did the any details. Of the girls did any of the girls that came forward, did any of them say that he threatened to, like, he showed them the pictures of what they were doing, they were naked, and said, you know, if you go tell anybody, I'm going to expose you for, you know, the whore you are kind of thing. Because that's how it yeah. happened with the Playboy yeah. bunnies and stuff like that. That was exactly, that's you know, all the old That's exactly, he told, you know. that <laughs> he told them that. He told them and threatened threatened them that he would go to their parents did not talk about sex she didn't do anything and the parents yep. would never yeah, allow right. him to talk about, about sex so he threatened all of these girls that he would go to them and say that they were whoring around right so yes and he got the control over them for them not to tell anybody right right um and then um when all the stuff was going on, see, Sister Catherine was always in the picture. But um, the I think I lost my spots. Well, where she she wasn't involved with it, she was threatening to expose it. Yes, yes, and see, she that's why I think that she left the bishop. That school, yeah, the the school, and then went to Western because she knew she was not happy there, and she knew that this was going on, and she literally um, went to uh, the girls. Um, she she would bring the girls and tell them that they could come to her, and she made it. She was kind of their savior, and to all of his victims. And um, she would ask them, you know, she always opened her apartment, told the girls they could come over anytime they needed to. If they needed anything to talk to about, um, she would listen. And um, while she worked for the, um, she definitely had some idea of what um, the Father Mescal was doing. And when he called one of his students in for therapy, she would um she did what she could so that he couldn't get those girls into his office so he tried to um she tried to help keep these girls from getting sexually abused and um i think he caught on to it and um she would spin the story and make excuses and tell um father mckell that they were studying or otherwise occupied by something that they couldn't get away from. And um, Catherine took Jean Warner aside one time and asked her if the priests were hurting her. And Jean nodded in reply to Catherine and Catherine promised her that she would do everything she could to take care of the matter. Well, Mascal did continue to abuse all the other students. And um, after Catherine left her job, she made her house a safe place. And, um, 
invited the girls back to her apartment and tried to um, make the situation with Marcel and try to get things together. But um, the night that she was talking to uh, her about Mascal, one of the, this Jean Werner went to Catherine's apartment the night before she disappeared and was talking to her about being abused by Father Mikel. And Father Mikel burst into Catherine's apartment and the girl that came to her disappeared on her own and left without um without saying a word she just left and so what went on between Catherine and Father Mikel is unknown but then Catherine disappeared the night after that um Father um Mikel burst into her apartment when she was uh, counseling a little, a, a young lady. And um, Mascal knew what was going on. So um, Mascal had threatened the girls not to talk. And they had threatened, like I said, to um, one of the girls threatened by him. Um, one of the girls had reported that Mikel had threatened them and put a gun in her mouth. And then Jean said that he had put a gun to her head and literally actually pulled the trigger, but come to find out the gun was not loaded. And he told her that no one would believe her or any of the other girls because he had a fancy degree from John Hopkins and that he also told them he would tell their fathers that they were whoring around. And the most terrifying thing was he invited Jean to his car only to take her to where Catherine's dead body laid and was discovered later. Um, and then he warned Kath or Jean, see what happens when you say bad things about people? And that scared Jean into, in that, in um, Lancaster, the other girl, into silence for decades. So it was easy to believe or assume that the motive for the murder lay somewhere in the area because Catherine fought actively against Joseph um, Mescal, um abuse against all of these girls. Um, and Jean suspected that Catherine's plan, um, planned on going to the police and exposing Mescal, and that's why Mescal burst into her apartment the night before. And either the cops were involved with Mescal because they would, they were ones that were also abusing these young girls. And the uh, bishop protected Mascal and told the police that when the investigator um, kept opening this case, he kept shutting them, the, the bishop kept shutting them down and said, you have no reason, you have no, you don't wanna know 
So shut it down. So um, it's information you don't want to know. And so they kept shutting it down. Um, and so the other theory is that Catherine's murder wasn't the only incident. So after they found Catherine's body and all the stuff that went on, and then when these invested these that uh, investigator kept opening the case, um, they found out that hers wasn't the only incident, that there were actually six different murders that might be connected with each of the three of, of um, Catherine's murder. And the, there were three teenage girls, a teenage boy, and Catherine and Joyce um, McCall all took place in, in the late 1960s, early 70s in the Baltimore area with um, all the same physical charismatic, uh, same, everything was kind of the same. The blunt force to the head, um, they were, you know, their bodies were disclosed in a wooded area, um, kind of all the same. Um, so they were all, and all of them were connected somehow to pa uh, Father Joseph McCall, either with working with him or attending the churches where the priest, where he was a priest. Joyce McCall's body was found near Fort Meade, where Mescal was a military chaplain. And she was, I think, probably one of the first ones before Catherine got murdered, because this was, you know, when he was a, a chaplain. Or maybe later, it didn't say. But also, you know, all of the murders were between 1960 and 1970. It just, it didn't tell me the dates or years. It just says they were all um, kind of the same. So I don't know if in the documentary they had more information. Um, and then all six murders are still to this day unsolved, along with Catherine. So nobody knows what happened to any of these people. Um, Is he still alive? No. And then the case against um, Mescal. Oh, that's, hold on. Um, the case against um, Joseph McCall in 1990 was actually, actually did last because it was thrown out because the victims had to come forward within three years of being sexually abused and not two decades. But the women that came forward, like I said, had finally clicked in and it come to them that they were sexually abused. So they had went to therapy their whole life trying to come up with why they, you know, what was wrong with them. And then with all these other people, the 10 people in 1970 that came, or 1994 that came forward, it cl finally clicked. And so um, it was thrown out because it was, um, it was the, too many years. The statute of limitations they, had run. It's similar exactly, to the, the Larry, exactly. it's similar and, to like um, the Larry Nasser one too. Exactly. Yep. All of the ones that were decades old, uh, it, you know, they still got their 
say, but it, you know, it, yeah. because it was so long, they didn't do anything. But um, a grave digger eventually, um, when all of this come out, and he was interviewed by the detective, um, had told the police that Joseph had ordered him to dig a hole in 1991 to bury all these files. When they located the stash, they found nude pictures of underage girls and not enough, they didn't have enough evidence to arrest Mascal, but the evidence, find, when, they, when they finally got all of the evidence, it, it vanished, it came up missing. So they never had anything to take to court to prosecute Father Mescal. And then, of course, Father Mescal died in 2001, having never been charged a thing for all of the sexual abuses that he had uh, um, done in all of the years that he had been a priest. Over all the years, the homicide detective looking into the cases were shut down to protect the higher ups. So the bishop had shut down all of the detectives, anybody that would open this case to try to find out what was going on. And it la later, um, they had, the detectives um, made them uh, resume uh, Father Mescal's body to see about DNA. And they couldn't prove anything that um, on any of the, on Catherine's, um, Gravesite, they couldn't find any DNA that linked uh, Pastor Mikhail to it. So he got off scot-free. Um, and then uh, anybody that was still, any of the detectives that was still trying to um, find out any information, they were forced into early retirement. And um, the new murders, of the new murders and further, was um unearthed information and he wasn't supposed to um they said that it was unearthed information and they weren't supposed to know and that's how it was that's how it ended was um any of the detectives that come up with it it was shut down and said that um the information shouldn't be out so they were protecting the police and any of the other priests that were involved in this case. And it's sad. Any questions? Where's that? Yeah. It's sad. Oh. And, you know, oh. it's, it's sad, but it also it is. still it's happening. happening. Things still are constantly happening. being right. happening. And it's. Yeah. And we need to just, stop this because it, these, we need to teach our girls. And our young boys. It's not just yeah, girls. That's what I yeah. say. That anybody, yeah. young boys, young girls, about their bodies, that no one is allowed to touch them and don't believe anything anybody threatens them because they need to know that they could come to you for anything and they are not going to be in trouble, that it's not their fault that they could come to you, any parent, anybody, and we can we can take care of this matter. And if I was a parent and any of my children were abused, 
and I found out um, I would well, not stop. Well, you just until, have to think too. I would not stop until they were statistically. But if statistically, I had in the United in the United States of America, one in four women are sexually yes. assaulted. And, and isn't that sad? Why? One in four. Why? And how? It is sad. And yeah. that's something that, like, during my college orientation, that was a discussion. Like, hey, keep yourself safe because look around. One in four of you will be sexually assaulted. It wasn't a, like, hey, let's try to prevent this. It's right. This is going to happen. You got to right. deal with it. Well, On the other hand, one in 33 men are sexually assaulted. So, I mean, that's a huge difference. One in four compared to one in 33. That's a huge and a huge difference. We I mean, should it, not it be have like to that. worry about being sexually assaulted in anything that we do. Mm -hmm. And we need to get but our it, government on board with this and our senators and well, but, anything no. that but, people are going to be held accountable for what's yeah. going on. Well, yeah, look what's look going what's on right, right now. now. But it's also, it's look at how we deal with the situation now, as is. Me, just like Jesse said, I went to the same seminar. In, like, it's a little in your, or, or like, orientation of going to the college we went to. You have to go sit in this. But it's not everybody. It's just the females have to go and sit through this seminar. Right, and exactly. And say, yeah. oh, well, this will happen to you. Yeah. If you, there's this a room of 300 girls one in four of you is going to get sexually assaulted. We can't really do anything about it. Just so you know, this is how you protect yourself. Instead of having a seminar where it's, hey, we're not going to sexually assault people, anybody. Right. We're not going to. It, it goes you're down literally to telling the girls that it's you, you have to solve the problem yourself. Yeah. It's your fault if you are not in a group higher than four. It's your fault if you go home alone. Yeah. Right. It's so and it, it's yeah. about it's all this like it, it's trying to prevent a situation, but it's basically telling the girls you have to prevent the situation yourself instead of dealing with the right. problem. The men and boys cannot be yes. controlled. So yeah, you have to be the person that. Prevents but it, it. And then, then, if, so then if you turned around and carried a gun and shot that, that person, you'd go to prison. So you're protecting yourself. Yes, you would. Why should why should because you're right. protecting exactly. yourself so that you don't get assaulted by this idiot that thinks that he can just take over your body because and do we, whatever he pleases because we live in a, because we live in a misogynistic world the patriarchy i mean that's what exactly it comes and we need to, that, yeah. we like i said we need to get everybody All, that is supposed to be protecting us on board that this should not be going on and that someday maybe it will happen to the, their child the and then they'll too. turn it around well that's i what's yeah I think the when problem it happens too, to is them. a lot of the people that believe, no, I think a lot of people in those situations too, if they are, if they believe in certain beliefs, they still blame the victim and then they disown that victim from their family. I know, but that's Because sad. it doesn't, I, it is sad, but you have people that are like that. And, and the sad thing is we live in the 21st century. It's 2022. But you look at the, um, that, oh shoot, now I forget, um, the Jessup Mormons, you know, this uh, stay sweet, or uh, what is it, stay sweet, pray and obey. 
but that's the world that most men want to live in is women you stay quiet and you do exactly what I tell you to do and we are now women are fighting back we have been fighting back for generations but we're fighting louder and harder than we have in the past but this is a you know history repeats itself look at what's happening in the in the world right now yes this happened 50 years ago and we're still dealing with it and we're still doing so, because of certain people the- that people voted in to our Congress and people that should not be, not just, they're not, they're it's not, not just the us. government though, too. It's not just the government too. It's the, in the church and, um, in yes. the religious yes. sanctions too, it's everywhere. that you have these people that are high up that people worship and believe our God and speaking God's word. And guess what? The devil lives in the church. Yes. Yes. And people need to realize that. Right. And that it, anybody and that's, that's trying to control so you the devil is, is not in, what God wants. It's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. And it says it in the Bible. It's it's all there. It's just, you know, and that's something too. I was uh, muted and out of the room when you were talking about it. But with the Catholics, especially, the, whatever the priest and the, the pastor said, you took it by oh, that right. word you mm-hmm. didn't read the bible yeah you didn't no. do the study and the research on your own you were told exactly what to think and how to think it and i think that's something too with this you know like these little girls or the you know the the young students that he was molesting because if it's all girls or some boys or whatever but you're told that you know he's doing this to you but you're dirty you're the one that right. sinned. you're the one right. that is tarnished from this and especially back in the 60s 70s that was a bigger you know like that was what it was you know the women were the ones for that were faulted and i think that women are they're getting smarter and they're teaching their kids you don't have to put up with anything you are your right. own person and you need to protect yourself and you need the, to there is no and physical I think that sense that's where and people need to realize that no is a full sentence. Yes. 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 So you don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to. And that kind of sounds like with the the one guy that she was like having an affair with, if it was platonic or otherwise, it seems that maybe he didn't take no gently. And, you know, because maybe he's the person that is really involved or, you know, who knows, you know, but uh or even with this pastor. Well, it doesn't Mascal, say anything. It doesn't they, say anything more if they about were, if the police were involved with it or any of that and stuff. Just because his DNA isn't there or wasn't there, doesn't mean that he didn't say something to one of the police officers in the town, okay. like, "Hey, Sister Catherine is on to us, and she's going to come forward and seek it." And then a police officer is the one that actually killed her, uh, and then because they're a right. police officer. They know how to cover up. They know what to do, even back in those days. So, you exactly. know, like, maybe well, they didn't know about I'm saying, you know, so much, I... but if they, you know, like, if they were the lead investigator on this case, they knew exactly what to do to point in a different direction than what needed to be pointed in. They could point south instead of pointing That's north. That's what I'm saying. It, it wasn't just the priest that was involved in this. It was the whole community. It was the police and the chiefs and... You know, people that were higher up, they were all involved in this. So it would have taken right. down the whole city. So mm-hmm. 
and, and that that's right. what and that's, that's, what, I, needs that's, to, kinda... that's what needs to happen is people that are abused and yeah. in cases like this they need to take down the whole city they need to fight that whole city and they need to get everybody yeah. everybody um, that's involved yeah everybody that's accountable should be held accountable right but that's something you know and, you know and, and we need but when you're when you're a 14 year old girl in a town yeah you know, like, well, that's like what you're I'm scared saying. to tell These your parents, parents let alone start. anybody else about it. And then if These the police are involved. We need to start fighting yeah. for their children. We need to start fighting for right. our children, making well, these people accountable. It's, yeah. it's about not letting yourself be ignorant yes. of problems. Right. You know, that's that's what's right. happening today right. in today's society is we they're trying to basically make the the Americans ignorant of problems they're you know they don't want us to right. know they don't want their children to know about sexual education they don't want right. them to know about the correct history of America no. because they, they want, want they want you school. to be ignorant yeah. so that you don't know when a bad thing is happening yeah. right that is why they don't want right. these they don't want critical race theory right they don't want sexual right. education they don't want anything outside of what they believe in because if you don't know any better you don't know what's wrong and what's right. right. Um, it is getting late. Anything else we want to discuss about the topic? Right. Well, you know, Christine. any questions you guys had or any final thoughts? We, we there? need to. We need to. Um, start. I'm definitely under the impression that. I was the cops did it. I think that yeah, I think they I were think involved and the pastor went to them and said she's well, going I to the, I think the she's talk. talk. We I need to figure the pastor, this out. I think the pastor did it and he threatened the cops that or, were all involved in it and they covered it all or they covered it more up than, for everybody. There was more than one killer. There was more than one person involved with the yeah. killing. They so probably, it could have been the pastor yeah. in the the cops. But I also, I want to just put it out there, Netflix does have a documentary. It's a seven-part documentary on this topic. Um, it's called The Keepers. It was yes. released in 2017, uh, so it's been like five years. Yeah, so um, it does it does feature interviews with the women um, who were um, students at the school that were, um, some say they were sexually abused by um, Mescal and the others, so. That is a documentary series that if you're interested in this topic to to watch on Netflix. Yes. And that was the one that I was watching was the keepers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I run out of time and I didn't have a weekend free to watch the whole there episode. Is, um, so okay. I'm, I'm looking at references. There's something, it looks like a Huffington Post article. Buried in Baltimore, semicolon or colon, rather, the mystery a mysterious murder of a nun who knew too much. So it kind of sounds yes, like that's, that's what, what people sounds. think she was murdered because she knew too much and was going to talk. She was right. coming forward. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's that's what the Wikipedia. That's what I was working on. So, and they referred in quite a few of my statements that I had said. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. from this Huffington Post. And remember, all people that are watching. Um, be be educated. Get educated and educate yeah. Yeah. research and educate yourself. Yeah. Yes. Do your research. And, and 
do I think what you said before, Mom, don't trust anybody what anybody says about guilt, you know. If you want to yeah. come forward, come forward. And teach forward. your children to they're, come they're forward, telling no you they what. they are they're telling you that to manipulate you into feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. And you are not the guilty party. Yeah, you yeah. need to come forward. And if the person that you come, if the person that you come forward, and not only to are you saving yourself, you, go to somebody else. Just not, go to yes, the next. Go person. to the next. Not your. Not only are you protecting yourself, you're protecting anybody that will come into the hands of that person that's committing yes. these crimes. So, and yes. it usually it takes the first person to make the yeah. flow of other people come forward as yeah. well. So and, just and happening to you doesn't mean that you're the sole. And person. all these young girls with NASA, or, um, all of these people that are coming forward, Larry, Nicholas. right? Um, I think that that really helped our our young generation because I'm hoping that all parents made their children watch that to realize that this should never have happened. So. Well, I know a lot of people did not like the Me Too movement, but I think it helped. Yes, I do too. With I think so too. people coming forward yeah. because it was it showed that no matter who you are, if you are a, a, an Olympic gymnast yeah. coach, uh, a, a huge movie producer, a, a family mm -hmm. comedian, you you are not held higher than the law, and you are not held higher. I think it also helped in a in another way. It helped to make people realize victims are not just nobodies they yeah. are multi you know gold medal gymnasts they are you know uh, news anchors that you see every day they are people that are prominent in our country and um that's you know, or the person that you've known your entire life that was part of you know that kind of thing because that's something too with the larry nassar one that was a huge thing in michigan and we had several people that we know personally that were part of that gym that he worked at yes so yeah. that's something that we we know the people that were assaulted from this huge worldwide known case and so it's it sad that home. they couldn't have come forward right it hits home before but it's also something that you know it's shared with one in four women are sexually assaulted one in 33 men are sexually assaulted and that's, educate, that's educate, what, that's, that statistic is based on men and women. I don't know if children are included in that number or not. So that could be right. worse. Who knows? Yeah. So. Educate. Don't be afraid to come forward. No. Thank you. Advocate, advocate for yourself. And advocate for others. Advocate. And, and, and not only for, for yourself. Yeah but advocate for everybody yeah. and, and have empathy for all people, all the humans. Yes. Mm -hmm. So everybody's got their own tragedy. You have to pay attention. You have to be empathetic. And that, and that goes with abuse. Don't allow a spousal or anybody to abuse you, no matter what abuse it is. Physical, sexual, physical, physical sexual, verbal, mental, emotional. Yes. Emotional. Yes. Um, come forward. Count, hold, have, have that person be accountable for what they're doing wrong. Okay, yes. guys. That was a good Please, good everybody, please like, share, comment, subscribe. Contact us at the Family School of Thought.
at gmail. Give us some suggestions. Give us your suggestions. Yeah, give us some. Good night, everybody. Good night. Again, thank you for stopping in and um, please uh, let us know your thoughts, and we'll see you next week.